Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Everything Is Public Health. I'm MJ, and I'm Cass. This is our first entry. I'm very excited. If you can tell by my voice, this is our first entry of Public Health Plus in season two. As some of you may know, Public Health Plus is where we get our spicy opinions out. So expect a lot of hot takes. Cass, are you ready? I'm very excited. I'm ready. Although I will say, I am not as excited as you are. I have, why? I, I've been having a really hard time adulting lately. Like I just so am I. <laughs> you know, after having been sick and just like not sleeping well and feeling terrible, like every day, I'm just yeah. don't want to adult. I really just yeah don't want to, and so I'm tired and a little a little lackluster. So we'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be plenty zesty. I hope this perks you up. COVID sucks. Uh, if you haven't gotten your bivalent booster, uh, we'd recommend that you do. You can get it pretty much anywhere. I got it at CVS because Hopkins did not have any for some reason, or they did have some, but they refused to tell me. <laughs> well, I think they're focused on the flu shot right now. So that's right. <laughs> I don't know that they're doing the booster because it's so easy to get it other places. Yeah, everywhere. Don't wait. I waited and got COVID. So <laughs> I highly recommend getting the bivalent booster. <laughs> oh, man. Um, especially upcoming, it's getting cold and people tend to stay indoors, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so last week we did an episode about dietary deficiency, which of course is related to the importance of nutrition. We learned about how there are things called essential fatty acids, essential amino acids, basically things that we can't make ourselves and that we must gain in our diets. We also talked about vitamins and minerals, um, things we need from our diet in trace amounts. Yes. And we uncovered them because as we started to move into a world where it's easier to satisfy our caloric needs, we start to uncover specific deficiencies under certain conditions. Like despite meeting our caloric needs, people are getting sick. That's how we discovered a bunch of vitamins and a bunch of minerals that way. So obviously, when it comes to diet discussions, I have a lot of opinions and I and I and I believe you do too because we unfortunately live in a world where there are a ton of people trying to make money off of what I graciously called alternative science but to me it's pseudoscience. I cannot tell you how many times I get text messages. You get text messages? Take this pill for 4 weeks Who's and you? you'll yeah because somebody got hacked and they got my cell course, phone number and then they, you know. But yeah, oh, do this for 4 weeks and you'll lose 40 pounds. I'm like that is such Anyone who tells you that there is a quick and easy solution to address dietary or weight related Which issues is a long-term is, thing. Yeah. Is so full of garbage. Yeah. And also, I just, I, I cannot emphasize it enough. We'll come back to this later. But 40 pounds in 40 weeks is a dangerous descent. Yeah. For that's, anyone. That's bad. Yeah, it's bad. So we have tons of discussion points to talk about. But I guess I want to start with our experience with dieting. So do you want to start? What has been your experience with dieting? Have you dieted before? And what are the results? I will say... I probably when I was younger, I did a little bit of dieting, never by my choice. It was always like a friend or someone was like, I'm going to do this diet. You should do it with me. And so then I would like kind of, you know, miserably go along for like the South Beach diet or the, the Atkins diet or whatever. <laughs> I what don't is know. The South Beach diet? <laughs> don't eat any carbs basically. Oh, okay. Ugh. But I think as we've talked about before, I have celiac and so I can't eat gluten. And once when I was diagnosed in my early 20s, I am very particular about not restricting what I eat because there are so many things I can't eat. Eat already. Um, and so I, as I've gotten older, I have focused more on lifestyle changes. So I think the most effective thing I've ever done, I actually did Noom for a while. Okay. Don't know what that is. It uses like science and psychology and all these things. And it really thinks about changing the relationship to food. So its whole thing is 
you could go on a diet, you could restrict your calorie intake, you could do all of these things and you could lose weight. But unless you intend to do all those things long term, the weight's going to come back. Yes. So Noom says if you want to have a future self that drinks beer and eats pizza, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you need to figure out how to have a healthy relationship with food while drinking beer and eating pizza so that you can maintain a healthy lifestyle. And so that's really where I have spent more of my time. I will say, you know, I was a little bit heavier in high school, but I've never really struggled with weight. If I increase my activity and and, and more mindful about what I'm eating, I have been very blessed genetically to not have to worry about that too much. Me too. I've never struggled with the weight. I have certain genes in my body that predispose me to diabetes. So I have gone through phases where like, I really want to cut out refined sugars, which is very hard for me because I have a sweet tooth. But so I think that's the only thing that I have like truly considered changing is to just cut out refined sugar, not all carbs, because that is, you know, part of my language, really dumb. Well, it's also not healthy for you. It's also not healthy. Like I don't, okay, we're going to, we're going to get into this. Like there's so much stuff that I think both of us could talk about regarding diets. But uh, one thing that you mentioned just now that uh, I don't want to move on from is people don't understand that if you diet and then you stop dieting, the weight just comes back. Like it's and sometimes worse. And then you get into these yo-yo cycles of up and down. Yeah. And guess what? Your body doesn't like that. Your body doesn't like ballooning and then shrinking and ballooning and shrinking. So what you told me this term, uh, which I really like, you want lifestyle changes. You don't want to go on diets. Do you want to talk about the difference? You explained it really well. So as opposed to thinking about, let me put it this way, a diet implies an endpoint. You are doing something for a certain amount of time to achieve a goal. And usually you then stop. And then that can have implications for what is happening to your body down the road. A lifestyle change is I'm going to commit to in perpetuity doing something differently. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can be a bunch of small things that can add up to lead to a healthier lifestyle that doesn't end. So for me, the lifestyle change would be maybe stop buying candy and eating candy. That's probably a good lifestyle change. I also have a sweet tooth. I eat way more candy than I should, but something I learned in terms of a lifestyle change is if I'm going to eat candy, well, first of all, I buy like fun size or snacks, like small size candy bars. I don't buy full size candy bars. Bad life choice. It does help. But then when I'm eating it, I'm really focused in the moment on enjoying that piece of candy. And if I'm like, you know, I really want a second piece of candy. I say, okay, well, let me first of all, wait a couple of minutes, let the sugar course through my system and see, okay, do I really want another piece of candy? Yeah. And then if I do and I eat it, I'm really trying to pay attention to, is this as enjoyable as the piece of candy I just ate? Yeah. If it is, great, I'll finish it. Okay, no problem. If not, I'm like, mm, maybe I'll just put it away for a few minutes and see if I really want it. But thinking about, we've talked so much about food. Like I love food. I love to eat. Both of us love food. But like eating something just for the sake of eating it is not enjoyable. It's not fun. And so really being mindful the way we can be mindful about a whole bunch of things to see, am I enjoying this as much as I did the first bite or whatever? I was a... Clean plate club was a whole thing in my family growing up. Like you had to clean your plate if you want a dessert, which is fine if you have reasonable portions on your plate, not always. And so over the years, I've also learned like cleaning your plate is actually a really bad thing because you're overriding your body's signals that you're full. So same thing if it's candy or chips or my dinner, 
I'm paying attention to, is this as good as it was when I started eating it? If not, maybe I should just pause for a moment and see if I'm still hungry. Yeah. Oh my God. You just triggered like a one of my childhood traumas. Here's the thing, right? From an Asian family, from an Asian cultural background, food is a very integral part of like how a parent show love. I mean, it's this true for all cultures, but specifically in Asian culture, because this is my personal experience, so you can disagree with me, but like Asian parents, especially the previous generation, are not great at showing love and affection to their children. So one of the ways that they can show that love and affection is by providing for you. And one of the ways that a parent provide for their child is by feeding the child, which is you know totally great. But I definitely had a lot of, I'm not going to use the word trauma, it's, it's too strong. I have a lot of like bad experiences as a kid where my parents would just give me, specifically my dad would just give me a lot of food. And I think now in retrospect, I understand that, okay, he doesn't know how to show that he loves me. So that he does that by giving me a lot of food. But I remember as a kid, I'm just like, I can't eat this much, like stop giving me food. But then he would just keep giving me like a lot of food. And I think that sort of has like for a short period of time, like ruined my relationship with eating because I just feel like eating is becomes like a responsibility like I have to finish. And um, thankfully, my genetics are blessed and I never, never ballooned. But it definitely like, yeah, mess with my relationship with eating for a while. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but so we love football. You know, I have a, I have a lot of feelings about professional football. And sometimes as somebody who studied occupational injury prevention, it sort of hurts my soul. Yeah. But I also love football. I've loved football since I was a tiny person. I swear my first word was football. So in our house, football day, Sunday, is basically a mini holiday every week. And we cook a whole bunch of food and we just hang out and watch football and have a good time. So this past weekend, James made baked potato salad. So like a potato salad, but with baked potatoes. And it was super delicious. And we, you know, we were eating it and stuff. And, and there was just a, a few bites left. And James was like, oh, I guess I'll finish it. Why? He's like, well, there's only a couple yeah. of bites left. Oh I'll just God. finish it. I think that way too. And I said, but don't. Like, yeah, you said you were full. You said you didn't want to eat anymore. I said, you know, sure, there's not enough to keep, but also you eating these few bites, like you're not going to feel good afterward. You already said you were. So I convinced him that we should just, you know, toss it, which I, I also like wasting food. It I, hurts. I don't yeah, love it hurts me, yeah. that, but it was like, you know, you've got a, a chopped up potato. So it was like a 10th of a potato. I was like, this is not. Like we did okay. We're not really wasting all that much food, so it's fine. But that is a big issue too. Like, oh, I'll just finish it because it's just a little bit more. And then all of that adds up. We just don't stop and think about what we're doing all the time. Few people do. And I, I definitely am guilty of this. And I will say one thing before we move on, because we have to move on. Uh, when it comes to food waste, yes, it's the same thing with recycling, same thing with the environment, same thing with like a lot of things. Yes, we have individual responsibilities to like limit food waste, but I cannot stress enough that no matter how much food waste you save, one grocery store deciding to throw out their entire stock because they can't sell it due to expiration undoes your entire lifetime of food waste prevention. Undoes. Undoes your entire lifetime. So what I'm saying is, yes, we have individual responsibilities, but it really pales in comparison when it comes to like what the giant corporations are doing. And I think people need to keep that in mind and not feel as guilty because if we have a law that says you can give away food to the homeless, we will have less food waste, but we don't do that. A lot of grocery stores or a lot of restaurants 
if they can't sell it, they'll just toss it despite the food being perfectly good. Anyway, you know what? This is Public Health Plus, so I get to rant. So I'm going to keep that. You do. You do. Keep going. So anyway, so let's move on. I mean, we've we talked a little bit about this like ridiculous diet stuff we've heard of. I'm sure we. Oh, man, I think the, the stupidest one. I've, I'm sure that there are many that are stupider. Most than of this, them are stupid <laughs> or more stupid than this. But there was one I had a, a an acquaintance who he would only drink juice. Oh, juicing. Oh, yeah. Like that's literally all he would do for like 10 days or something. Like how, how do you get, how are you getting protein? How are you like, this can't possibly be healthy. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I gotta, I gotta like shred cause I'm going to do something. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. what. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're like already, uh, it seems like maybe uh-huh. the most ridiculous diet kinds of things I've heard tend to come from people who are like very healthy already, like yes. very health conscious. And they want to achieve some like godly status or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We've heard a lot of ridiculous diets and I think they all share the same of like, if you really think about it, it really makes no sense. Like if you just sit down and think about it, like for example, keto was all the rage. Still is. It still is. I don't know what your relationship with keto is, but like I never understood it. Like you're going to cut out all carbs. Like you can't even have fruit or vegetables. Yeah. I don't, you know, at this point we just, we eat what we want yeah. to eat. <laughs> um, and just thinking about portions, something that I you probably got this a lot too. But even in school, when I was a kid, there were good foods and bad foods. You eat the good foods, you don't eat the bad yes, foods, right? Yes, quote unquote, yeah. And as I've gotten older and learned more and, and have matured, it's just food, right? And there are some foods that maybe you should eat less of, right? Like, no, you should probably not sit down and eat an entire pumpkin pie. And then there are foods that you should eat more of, and that's great. But I think just yeah. really naming that there's no such thing as bad well food can go bad and then not be good to eat and you get food poisoning but there's no like good and bad foods yeah it's a spectrum for sure this transitions into finally the topic of today after 18 minutes of recording nutrition versus nutritionism and this is the term so this is the term from michael pollan and now before our listeners say anything i know that michael pollan is kind of problematic now because of stuff that he has written in his book. Some journalists dug into it and found that is actually not correct. So he's a bit problematic now, I'm aware, but I really love his coinage of this term nutritionism, which is a mutated form of nutrition. So nutrition is a science, right? Like what are vitamins? What are minerals? What do you put in your body? Calorie counts, et cetera, et cetera. But he coined this term that I love called nutritionism, which is the obsession about nutrition to the point where you are treating certain nutrition as more important than others. And you see this all the time. This is a theme that we mentioned a while back because America is so individualistic because of capitalism. We're constantly looking for the magic bullet, despite the fact that a magic bullet for issues a lot of times just don't exist because the issues are complicated. And the same thing goes for diet. Like we have this craze. Snake oil. Yeah. We, yeah, we have this craze of like, I got it, guys. It's vitamin C. It's vitamin C. We just got to eat a lot of vitamin C. Well, and so, yes, I 100% agree with your point. But I will also say, despite our, you know, 99.9 something percent of our genetic code being similar, there is still variation across humans in terms of the types of foods people can and should eat, the types of exercise that works for people, the types of diets or lifestyle changes that might work for others. So even if something was effective in one person or even a small group of people, 
That does not mean that it is going to be effective for everyone. Yeah. It's really interesting. I did 23andMe a long time ago, and it's- Back when that was a craze. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because they're continuing as they get more data and get more research questions and things, they're, they continue to evolve. You know, there used to be a lot of talk about, oh, you shouldn't eat fat. If you eat fat, it makes you fat. Well, so then there are some people that's true for, and for some people it doesn't impact it. And you can actually start to see some of that in your genetic makeup. All of that is to say, there is A, no magic bullet. That's all a bunch of B, even if there was something exceptionally effective for a small group, that doesn't mean it translates to everybody. Yeah. And then you brought up this whole thing. Like there was a period of time in American history where we were just so scared of fat. And we now realize that's Harvard's fault. Yeah. 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 And, and we, we now realize. No, you know that story, right? Somebody was looking at old records in the basement of Harvard. I don't know if it was a PhD student doing something for their dissertation. I do know this one. Yeah. What. Continue. <clears throat> but yeah, they, they uncovered that Harvard had been taking a bunch of money from the sugar industry to blame fat yes. on obesity yep. or to blame fat for obesity as opposed to sugar. Yeah. Right. And so a lot, a lot of money was spent saying fat was bad. Oh, if you want to eat less, eat a cookie before you have your dinner because sugar, you know, sugar is good for you. It's not sugar that's bad for you. It's fat that's bad for you. And so, yeah, there's some. Oh, yes. <laughs> shame on Harvard. That, shame on Harvard. A lot of shame. And just a lot of sugar propaganda. There's OK. The more you dig into nutrition, the more I lose faith in it because it's a field that is so sensitive and so susceptible to one, public opinion and two, like funding from lobbying. A lot of nutrition studies that we have been citing for decades turns out to be nonsense and this is actually a really big issue that we're not going to spend too much time talking about, but we talked about the Harvard thing. Someone figured out that it was sugar and actually not fat. And there's been a lot of like lobbying from the sugar company. There's also another study. There was a time, I don't know if you lived through this. There was a time that's like the president's was like, president as a JFK, they were really worried about- It's definitely not alive when JFK was right. president. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not that but, old. But there's, there's a time where, maybe you've heard about this, where the presidents, multiple presidents in a row, were really concerned that American kids are less healthier than European kids. Yes. That's why there's the presidential f- yeah. uh, physical fitness test and all that and kind of stuff. And it's super dumb. Like The whole presidential fitness test is super dumb because it doesn't actually achieve anything. It just makes people feel bad, <laughs> make kids feel bad about their bodies. And there's a lot of study that compares European kids and US kids. And what they all fail to take into consideration is that Europe is just a different place. You know, it's, they eat different things. They have different culture. They have different norms. Their schools are operated differently. Their school lunch programs is not the same as our school lunch program. Yes, so they have social safety nets yeah. and social service provision that is universal instead of only for certain. Yeah. And also comparing different countries. And like there's this one time where it's like, wow, this village in Italy, everyone lives to like 100 and all they eat is pasta. Like maybe pasta is the, the new the new magic. Bullet, but but those people evolved eating pasta, yeah. right? Like that, they have generations of people who have yeah. had that diet, and it's when that diet gets changed and other things get introduced that people start losing some of those health benefits. And if you don't have generations and generations of your family who have eaten that thing, then you, you're not suddenly going to get those benefits if you start. Yeah. And that was a lot of issues with nutrition's back in for the past like 50 years. A lot of nutrition were just, dare I say it, wrong um, in, in a lot of ways. Now, this is a faux pas for a small podcast to do. General rule of thumb, a small podcast, indie podcast like us, we are not supposed to recommend other podcasts because... <laughs> 
It just say, hey, here's a better thing that we can't do. Go listen to that. But because it's so well done and I love it so much, I have to recommend it. It's called Maintenance Phase. And they basically debunk a lot of nutrition stuff in their episodes, which is why I know a lot about this thanks to that podcast. So um, go check it out. But please come back and listen to us, please. <laughs> please. We really need your listenership. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. But yeah, like they talk about how a lot of nutrition is just wrong. And we still cite those papers as if they are correct. And what I'm trying to say is this trend and fad of nutritionism, which is let's find the new thing. Maybe, oh, maybe it's the acai berries. Let's all just eat a bunch of acai berries. This drive to find that one thing, that one nutrition. Oh, it's B12, guys. It's B12. Or it's fish oils. It's fish oils. We could keep going. Like this drive is ignoring the real problem, which is if you put people in situations where they can't be mindful of what they eat based on their you know, economic standings or based on their, uh, if you work 80 hours a week, I bet you're not thinking about what you're eating. <laughs> or what I'm trying to say without being like a raging person on the internet is that our relationship with food needs to come from a place of understanding like how food actually works. And if we don't do that, we're just going to keep hearing about these like alternative medicine stuff. And we're just going to keep hearing about these like, no, 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 no. Kale. Kale is the new superfood. I I keep hearing about these. I'm sure you do too. (laughs) Salmon skin is a huge one right now. Like people have taken salmon skin and like freeze dried it or deep fried it or something like that. Probably not deep fried, but it's like basically salmon skin chips is a really popular thing that has been going around. And it ignores the real problem because this is just, oh my God, I'm going to sound like a Marxist, but this is just capitalism's way of selling you things. This is not even like a metaphor. This is just this is just what's happening. Capitalism works best when there is a product to sell. And unfortunately, eating a balanced diet is not a product or maybe just don't go crazy on certain pills is not a product, right? So they can't sell you those things, which is why it's hard for messages to like go out. And I kind of want to pick your brain about this. Like, what do you think, us as a society should do going forward because like it's so incompatible with capitalism i mean we can't even agree on what it means to have a balanced meal yeah like we can't even even have a good starting point i agree with you that to a certain point there is some capitalism influence because the goal is to get people to you know to buy the the newest whatever thing But I think it also comes back to us just not having a fundamental understanding of what it means to have a healthy lifestyle. And that, again, comes back maybe to capitalism and and commercialization of food and the subsidies that we give farmers to grow certain crops. And then we have all this crop that we have to use for a thing. I don't know what the solution is, but I think we cannot continue to look for some easy fix for our problems. And this goes across the board. We want the easiest, quickest way to solve an issue. And that is often either unsatisfactory or harmful. And so again, circling back to my first point, we can't all decide on what it means to have a balanced diet. And I think at the core of that is a balanced diet for me is not necessarily a balanced diet for you. Yeah. Which is why it makes it so complicated. Like you can't sell it. So to wrap up, I mean, we didn't even touch on the wellness industry, which drives me bonkers. We can do a whole other episode about like- About the wellness industry. That needs to be its own oh my God. thing because dieting and nutritionism is part of that. Yeah. But there's this whole other- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say a thing. I have to be careful, though. I don't know who listens to this podcast, but there was a person that I met. I'm not going to give details because I don't want to reveal too much about this. Yeah, please don't. (laughs) They asked me, oh, what do you 
do? And I didn't know the person very well. And so I just said, oh, I, I work in public health. And the person replied, oh, I'm really into public health. Oh, that that's so great. They said, yeah, I have this personal air purifier that I wear around my neck. Oh, and Jesus And I do Christ. yoga. And I have these healing crystals. Oh, Jesus. And I was like. Oh, we're not thinking about the same thing. <laughs> oh, that's that's not what I meant when I said public health. But yeah, so nice to meet you. So we, I think we could do in order to do it justice, we can do a whole thing about wellness. We could do a whole public health plus about the wellness industry. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everything is Public Health, the return of our hot take filled Public Health Plus series, even though like we really were mild this time. But I think for the wellness industry one, we could go off the rails. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and spread the word so more people can learn about the awesomeness of public health. New episodes are released every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. It does help the show immensely. Send us questions or comments or new topics you want us to explain to everythingispublichealth at gmail.com. Reach out if you think we missed an important perspective or suggest a future episode topic. This episode is brought to you by Body Positivity. Don't buy into toxic diet cultures and know that media portrayals of body is not just unrealistic, but really kind of messed up in a lot of ways. Follow us on Twitter at everythingisph or Instagram at everythingispublichealth. You can also find me on Twitter at Dr. Grifasi, although to be quite honest, not sure I'm going to keep that Twitter handle. We'll see oh, what yeah, happens same. as... Uh, as Twitter evolves. Devolves, you mean. <laughs> yeah. More information regarding this episode can be found in the show notes below. Listeners, please visit our website, which is also our Patreon page for all major updates and bonus material. We are 100% Patreon supported in that we do this not for the big paychecks and sponsors, but for the love of public health and listeners like you. If you want to support the podcast directly, you can support us on our Patreon page. And remember, everything is public health. Everything is public health.